The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, November 16th, 2016, and I am your host, Professor X. During tonight's broadcast, we are going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of The Flash. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit CW series casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-host, Brittany Garcia. Hey, everybody. Charles Michael Edwards. How are you? And Jeffrey Aruz. Hey, Central City. So let's jump into our recap of Season 3, Episode 6, titled Shade, which aired on November 15th. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. We start out seeing Wally dreaming of his life as Kid Flash. Joe and Barry put the kibosh on the idea. Wally eventually runs off because he doesn't think Joe trusts him with powers. We meet the week's meta, a whole shade who kills a financial advisor but as we'll find out i've already spent too much time talking about the meta of the week as it's a total misdirect more importantly it seems joe is getting his groove back finally asking out the da cecile on a date unfortunately wall is having vision and alchemy's getting inside his head offering to give him powers hr suggests they lock wally up so he'll be safe from alchemy and joe goes off on his date only to have it interrupted by shade forcing barry to rush off to fight him with help from cisco barry quickly deals with shade Scratch that. Cisco and a few hundred car lights take down Shade. Barry just puts the cuffs on him. Speaking of those cuffs, Caitlin is worried about her killer frost powers, so she started wearing power-damping cuffs. She confesses her powers to Cisco and asks him to predict her future because apparently Cisco is now a perfect precog. He sees her becoming killer frost but lies to her. Then he tells her the truth but promises not to tell anyone else. So he tells everyone and she's completely hurt and betrayed, but then she gets over it five minutes later and their friendship is stronger than ever. Then they have to run off to Calculus because apparently they're in junior high. Wally offers himself up so they can track down Alchemy. Joe calls in some friends from the SWAT team to help. They manage to take down Alchemy, but things go south pretty fast. A speedster so fast only Barry can see him races in, frees Alchemy and the Alchemites, kills the police officers, but not Joe or Wally, of course, and mops the ceiling with Barry. And while this is happening, Wally grabs the mysterious Philosopher's Stone Alchemy was using and ends up encased in some kind of glowing rock. Finally, the mysterious speedster reveals himself as Sevatar, the god of speed. Whew. What was everyone's initial reaction to this episode? Charles, let's start with you. You're the newbie. Uh, I thought this was easily the best episode of the season so far. The reveal at the end was beautifully done, especially when it revealed that the speedster was so fast that Bar- Barry could barely keep up with him. Brittany, what did you think? I have to agree with my fellow co-host. I um, I think there's. I'm sensing a pattern here with the with the Flash seasons. I think after, um, every 
sixth episode of the season is like the big reveal, but it still gets me. And I have to say, my favorite episode from last season was the reveal of Zoom and how he just totally manhandled Barry. And here, I mean, you gotta have the next speedster like one up him, but I feel like he like ten upped him. It was just, it was so good. But overall, in the episode, um, it was still good, but there are some things that I'm going to criticize a bit, but I still really liked how it all ended up coming together, and the last, like, five minutes of the episode really made my skin crawl. Like, the music was amazing. You had, like, the gothic choir in the background setting the tone. So, overall, though, really good episode. And Jeffrey, your thoughts? I agree with everyone else. Uh, hopefully, we're 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 in agreement with uh, Professor X. This was a very strong episode. It was awesome to see the build-up throughout the episode was fantastic. That the meta was kind of like the E storyline was awesome to see. To be quite honest, because everything else was just so much more important. And, uh, like Brittany said, those last five minutes were everything. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I think I was a little nonplussed by it as I was watching the episode, partially because, you know, the meta of the week was such a nothing. Uh, and usually they spend, you know, uh, most of their story time dealing with the meta and, you know, all the long-term story arc stuff is, uh, you know, dealt with as a B story or even a C story. Here, you know, the long-term stuff, both in Caitlin's case and in, uh, you know, Barry's case and, and Wally's case, uh, was clearly front and center. So the metahuman wasn't as important. But yeah, as with you guys, that final five minutes or so. Uh, and, and I like the fact that Brittany, you know, flagged the music because that was such an important part of it. Uh, and then getting to see Savitar, uh, it was all pretty cool. But before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with how you can get in touch with us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, The Central City Chronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. So at the start of the episode, we got to see a slightly petulant Wally once again playing little brother to Barry. Um, you know, and making you know the good point that you know Barry screws things up constantly, uh, and you don't mind him having powers. Why is it such a bad idea that I should have powers? How'd you guys feel about that scene, given Wally's character arc so far this season? Let's start with you, Brittany. Well. I'm not gonna lie, when Wally was first introduced last season, I wasn't a big fan of his, but I guess I understood the the uh, the reason why he was feeling the way he was. I mean, it, they, it's just set up for drama. Like, I don't want to say unnecessary drama, but it kind of was that um, their mother kept 
stopped him from Joe and Joe didn't know him and he didn't know Joe and it was just a bunch of stuff but um, towards the end of last season the beginning of the season I really really come to like Wally I like his character I think he's goofy I think he's funny um, but I am a little annoyed but I understand it again with how how I I guess I'm going to use the word or the term whiny that, um, you know, Jesse gets to be a speedster, Barry's a speedster, um, Cisco has powers and he's like, I want to be a speedster. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Wally, get over it. But I think we all had a sense that it was coming. And honestly, and um, I always felt that if he had the chance to get the powers, he would, which plays into it later. Um, so this argument that he has where he's just telling everybody how he's feeling um, was kind of spot on. Um, I think it was time that he just needed to voice his concerns because it is kind of true and it's been it's been there. It's like a layer of Barry kind of being a golden child to Joe. Um, it's not that he's playing favorites, but Barry does get a pass on a lot of things. And that's kind of one of my criticisms of The Flash that I feel like Barry doesn't... Um, they don't give him many consequences, and when they do, they brush it over really quickly. So I, I felt for Wally in this scene, and I, and it, it's also true to what he's saying because nobody could defend um, their opinion. And when he puts Joe on the spot, Joe can't even say anything, and that I think that speaks volumes to Wally and why he ends up running out on the conversation. Jeffrey, what are your I mean, thoughts? But but I like the character of Wally, so I I would say. I, f I feel for him. I, I understand where he's coming from. I mean, he's surrounded by all of these powered people. I, I mean, there there's an even a point in the episode when Iris sort of says something like, oh gosh, I wish I had powers too to help out. So I get it, and he's having all these dreams that he wants to help people. So I fully understand why he wants the powers. I mean, he doesn't just want them just to want them. I thought that scene with Joe was really powerful because, like, you could tell Wally's like, come on, you know, can you understand why why I want to do this? And, and, and you just don't believe in me. You don't trust me. And then, like, Joe didn't even have a response ready. And I was like, good grief, Joe. Come on. You know, help the boy out. But uh, I, I really felt for the character this episode. And it was really his, his episode to shine, to be quite honest, which, which I liked. And, uh, I mean, I thought it was a great Wally episode. Charles, what do you think? A great Wally episode? Um, I think it was partly a great Wally episode. I do agree with his argument that he is not given the same amount of leeway as Barry, but I think that's due to something he's overlooking, that he is actually Joe's blood son. I think we saw a lot of that in the first season when Iris was dating uh, Eddie Thawne, where Joe didn't necessarily want her dating him because he was a cop on the force, and that could lead to him dying while on the job and he didn't want her to go through that it was just him being an overprotective father which i think we're used to on the show at this point he does care about barry but i think he holds a very special place on the pedestal for wally and iris uh pretty early on in the episode we get to meet the meta of the week a living shadow who can take physical form uh regardless of what happened later in the episode what do you think when you first saw shade uh charles what do you think Feel free to throw shade if you want. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, I kind of felt a little underwhelmed by shade. 
Brittany, what did you think uh, about our uh, first glimpse of Shade? Um, I wasn't sure what we were looking at. Was it a shadow? Was it a guy made of, made of ash? And he was suddenly... I didn't know what, what we were dealing with. But um, I thought it was okay. It wasn't... I think with what we got with the opening of Wally getting the dreams and the drama that was building up already in the first, like, six minutes, I... The meta of the week didn't really phase me. So when I saw him, I was just like, oh, that's cool. And I just kind of was didn't really care for him, which the episode didn't either, apparently. So. And Jeffrey, any thoughts about Shade? Not really, but uh, that's just because he was there for like three minutes. When I saw it in the beginning, I was like, okay, there's like a shadow following this mm-hmm. dude. So I'm... Peter Pan's shadow. Ex- well, th- that. <laughs> I, w- I was like, the, is he going to be like the shadow? But then obviously the episode is called Shade. So I'm like, oh, okay, Shade. And it was interesting that uh, it was HR that named him because apparently there there is a similar meta on Earth-19. But the, the CGI was interesting i don't know what that was because it didn't i don't know it it was it was interesting i mean he looked it looked like it was out of minecraft or something it was (laughs) yeah i think they blew their budget on savitar later on so they had to save (laughs) maybe and that might be honestly that might be part of the reason why there wasn't as much shade as you would have had in a typical episode is you know, they ha- that, uh, you know, as we'll get to at the end, they obviously spent a lot of money on that closing. Yeah, season. but um, Cisco was throwing last... a lot of shade. Yes. Uh, last episode, it seemed like Barry and Julian were BFFs. This week, we're back to them being rivals. Uh, what did you think about Julian's return to form after he seemed to have, you know, that big character development, that self-realization uh, last episode? And perhaps the most shocking revelation of the episode, Julian has a girlfriend, <gasps> which means Julian has a social life. <laughs> Brittany, what do you think about uh, sort of resetting the relationship between Julian and Barry back to what it was before the last episode? I think it was very Draco Malfoy. I felt like we got um, a little bit of some kind of bond between him and Barry, or maybe not even a bond, just an understanding. You know, sometimes you got to go through something a little traumatic to kind of open up and. Um, Find some kind of connection or middle ground where you, where two people that don't like each other can kind of be in the same room now and not like sigh all the time or be pissed off. But um, we see him here like as if last week didn't happen. But I love that he points that out to Barry. He's all like, what, just one talk and we're best friends? I don't think so. And I'm like, you know what? That seems really in character for him. I like it. I'm okay. I wasn't expecting these two to be best friends like at all even with that bond that bonding moment we got last week so i'm okay with it but it's also weird with where we go throughout the episode and towards the end of it um so it made me suspicious but i'm pretty sure that's what the writers are trying to do they want us to be suspicious of julian and with him having a girlfriend i want to know who that girlfriend is i have a feeling it might be somebody we know but then again, we don't know very many people in Central City, but I guess we'll see. I think if she, if he mentioned her, she's probably important, in my what opinion. Patty. That. Oh. Oh. No, nah, she wouldn't have come back. Yes. Maybe. Last point, she might be 
back already. Oh, that is so true. That is true. Oh, oh, I'm all I'm all for the booty for her to return. So <laughs> shout out to the patty booty. Exactly, it's pivot booty. So get that trending on Twitter immediately. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> Charles and Jeffrey, what did you guys think about uh, Julian's uh, return to form? Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I thought, I guess it was typical Julian from what we've seen so far. I, I mean, he just sort of said it in that one line. He was like, well, what'd you think? You know, we bond over a case and have a drink, and now we're like BFFs. It doesn't really work that way, Alan, and that kind of thing. <laughs> but I, I did like that Barry sort of, like, kept on reaching out. Like, even though he kept on sort of, like, shutting him down, like, hey, you know, I, I do have a social life, but thank you. Uh, it, it was still nice and, and typical Barry, you know, to sort of like be the nice guy, be the, the friendly guy and like, hey, you know, we're going to be doing movie night in the park. You want to come along? You meet some of my friends, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was it was sort of like typical Julian and also interesting. I don't know if it's if it there's something later on where I'm like, is, is this validation? Is this red herringness? So they were doing a lot with Julian this episode with the very little that they did with him. Julian's um, blonde. Julian doesn't have red hair. What are you talking well, about? Yeah. Oh, a red herring. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's a fish. Right. Go on, Charles. Uh, I interrupted <laughs> you with my pathetic attempt at humor. It was good. We gave you. Brittany gave you some points, I think. I laughed, but I laugh at everything. Is that really points? Oh. <laughs> no offense, Professor. <laughs> I think the offense was taken. But uh, the only input I have on the Julian situation is I almost kind of felt like Julian hated Barry a little less this episode. There you go. Mm -hmm. Just a bit. It was like, well, we bonded, so I'm. Um, not going to try and burn you alive with eye beams I don't have yet. Uh, and also from Julian's point of view, it was you know it was kind of obviously you know sort of pity thing. It's like uh, oh you're the uh, you know, you're the sad loser. I'm going out with my friends to this thing. Do you want to come along? And so even if Julian didn't have prior plans, I can see him uh, you know uh, turning Barry down and and returning to form. It's it's also probably best that you have that sort of adversarial relationship. You don't want to win him over and you know make him part of Team Flash. Uh, immediately. Speaking of Team Flash, though, we get to know our new Harrison Wells, HR, a little better. You know, one of the fun things about each season of the show is we get a different Harrison Wells, and Tom Cavanaugh gets to have fun playing a different version of Harrison Wells. What do you guys think about the way this character, HR, is developing? Jeffrey, let's start with you. I'm torn because he's kind of annoying in a not good kind of way. So I'm very confused as to my feelings for HR because I'm, I'm trying to like him because I like Tom Cavanaugh and I've liked him playing like evil wells and dickish wells and this one's kind of like goofy nerdy geeky farm boy wells hipster. hips well I guess hipster I would have called him a farm boy he seemed like very country to me without the accent but yeah I, I just he, I haven't warmed up to him yet. He is interesting to see sometimes, but sometimes he, he's just annoying. Like the whole, he went back to like the repeating thing again this week. And, and I was like, that's not working for me. Brittany, what do you think about hipster R? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to agree with Jeff. I'm not a big fan of him, which is really sad because 
Tom Cavanaugh is just, he's just amazing. I don't think I could see a season of Flash without him. I mean, I love him. He's so great. But I think out of all the Wells he's played, I really miss Earth 2 Wells. I feel like him and the dynamic he had with the entire team, but most importantly, Cisco um, was just the best. And I miss him. Like this guy, he's he's funny. He makes me chuckle a little bit. Um, he's a, he's a breath of fresh air, I guess. But I I find myself missing Earth Two Wells, and I'm really sad that he's gone. But I have a feeling they have more in store for this guy. Um, so I guess I just have to, you know, deal with it. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of whatever on him, you know. Charles, any thoughts on HR? Uh, when it comes to the preppy hipster Wells, I think I really prefer the reverse. <laughs> I, I got that. I got the it. Wells. Hey, Wells <laughs> the oh, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Joe gets to be the Uber dad again. So after, you know, we mentioned he had that uh, that brief moment where he wasn't able to really explain himself to Wally. He has a great heart-to-heart with Wally in the police station uh, where Wally has come back and, and Joe manages to explain his reluctance uh, to uh, to Wally having powers. Uh, what did you guys think about that second speech, the one that happened in the police station where Joe got to explain to Wally exactly why he was, you know, uh, so concerned about Wally uh, developing powers? Charles, let's start with you. I think it was a very heartfelt moment. I thought he really got a foothold on explaining to Barry, I mean, ah, I'm sorry, to Wally, the seriousness of the situation and what it could mean for him and everybody else on Team Flash. I think he kind of widened Wally's view to the seriousness of him getting powers or more importantly, getting powers the wrong way. Brittany, what did you think about Joe's dad speech? I felt like I was totally Team Joe. Like, I think, uh, I know I'm calling Wally whiny, but just in the fact of the way he, of, that he wants powers. I mean, although if I was in this show, I'd probably be whiny too and just want some kind of power. But because he, all the signs are pointing to that Alchemy wants him. That he is Alchemy's target right now. And Joe's just trying to get through to him and telling him, like, I get you're excited. I know you want powers, but just look at the way you're getting them. And look at the way Barry got them. You know, both unfortunate, but something else. It, this doesn't seem pure. This, this you just know it's gonna end badly. Um, but I love that Wally didn't just, you know, just say like, oh, well, whatever. You're being overprotective. He tells him, you know, I get it, Dad. I get it. And it's just, it's really great. I think the writers here for the Arrowverse are just, uh, they just have a knack for having a really bad first conversation and then a second conversation that's just way better. And I'm like, why couldn't that be the first conversation? But uh, really good. And I love Joe. I think Joe always makes really, really great points. Uh, Jeffrey, do you want to weigh in and make it 3-4, Joe? Yes, 3 for Joe. I thought it was a great speech. And, and I feel like he finally, you know, after sort of like that whole uh 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 like i don't know what to say thing back at the house he, he finally sort of expressed himself in, in a really good way and sort of like let uh, wally understand uh, the ramifications of having powers as well as you know this this is his biological son and uh 
he says, you know, we're more alike than, than you think. You know, I was just like you, and, and I can't even imagine myself with powers at my age because I know that I would have been completely irresponsible with them. And uh, I, I feel like it, it got through to Wally, and it was a great speech. I, I think Joe does awesome sort of like father-son, father-daughter advice, mentor type of uh, speeches. It also gave Wally a chance to sort of redeem himself, you know, you know, after, you know, running away and basically, you know, refusing to answer his phone and everything like that. He came back to talk to his father and and accepted, you know, uh, Joe's argument, which, again, I thought was, you know, a nice, you know, nod to uh, to Wally's growing maturity. Yeah. Uh, sort of development that you wouldn't have seen that last season from Wally. Wally just would have been, no, I'm going to go race my car and you guys are a bunch of jerks and he's going to play his loud rock and roll music and slam the door to his room yes i I agree and i think we all forget that wally is a college student so he's still young he he isn't uh, i don't don't know i don't know how to take that sir oh i apologize but but he's he's younger (laughs) than all college students are immature Uh, that's kind of the message i'm maybe the ones that are that are on the younger side of things but i'm not young I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I would I don't know how old Wally is, but if he like if we're just thinking of like people traditionally entering college, which it doesn't seem like he did traditionally enter college. Isn't he like 19. I would say yeah, he's like 18, 19, maybe 20 max, and everyone else on the team is closer to 30-ish, I'm assuming. Like they've never really stated their ages and they all look so young, so it's it's one of those confusing CW type of things. They might all be 22, but um, <laughs> except for HR, obviously. But um, yeah, so I would say he's on the younger side of the team and the group. So I mean, he's allowed his sort of like growing pains moments, and I completely agree with Professor X. If this was the Wally of last season, he would have completely handled it a different way. So this is one thousand percent, if that's even mathematically possible, which it isn't. Um, there's much more character development than last season, which is awesome. He's grown a thousand percent. Also important to remember that Wally has not been part of this family for nearly as long as anyone else. You know, he, you know, he was only introduced to Joe last season. So, you know, he's only had Joe in his life as a father figure for less than a year. So that's obviously got to uh, play a role uh, as well. Yes. Um, so Caitlin finally comes clean to Cisco about her growing powers. Um, I was a little surprised when she said, "Would you vibe on me and predict uh, my future?" I mean, when did Cisco become a precog? I, I mean, I know he's caught glimpses of it, glimpses of it before, but really only the one time, wasn't it? Like, uh, most well, this of the is was, you know what's happening on other Earths. This is a uh, uh, flashpoint, Cisco. His powers are stronger. Uh, I guess that must be it. Yeah, that is true. Um, now, there was an interesting parallel here. On the one hand, uh, and, you know, I love a parallel structure in a story, and we'll always draw attention to it when given half a chance. On the one hand, we have Wally, who's longing for these powers to make him complete. On the other hand, you have Caitlin terrified that she's developing powers because she's afraid mm-hmm. it will change her. What do you guys think about that sort of balancing act that they had, having sort of two subplots as, you know, negative images of each other? Jeffrey? Yeah, I noticed that as well, and it's interesting. I mean, it's... It was unfortunate that Caitlin kept the information to herself up until this point. And it's completely understandable, though, because she saw a version of what she's becoming. And obviously, she does not want to become that version. But 
I feel like if she would have confided to other people, like, earlier on, like, they would have reassured her, like, you are not her. But then, you know, with with Cisco and the vibing, it, it just, like, sort of, like, doubly reassured to her that, like, oh, no, these powers are evil because I'm going to turn into, like, this supervillain, which, I don't know, I... I I liked the um, the vibe into the future. I thought it was awesome. I'm curious to know what it means. Is Killer Frost the evil one? Is Vibe the evil one in that situation? Like, who really is in the right? Who's in the wrong? Are they really fighting each other? Is there someone behind them or something? Like, I don't know. Like, it's like you can read a lot into that. And... Uh, are they being mind controlled by by maybe a meta or something that they have to fight? Like it was interesting. Like you could interpret it in many different ways, and I can't wait to see it happen on the show because if they're teasing it, then it's going to have to happen at some point, and we'll understand the greater context as to like what they saw. But obviously, they're fearing for the worst, or at least uh, Cisco is at the moment because he saw it, and even though like he told her, "Oh, everything's all peachy keen," like I don't think he did that great of a job of like you know you have like the look of terror on your face. Be like, "Oh no, it's okay." You know, you're a beautiful lady, and uh, I saw you eating some cake or something. Charles. What did you think uh, of the vibe vision? This was actually the story between Caitlin and Wally. The parallel of it was my favorite part of the show, actually. From how they both ended up at the climax of their journeys, of how different it was compared to how they both took it with a stride. Um, with the vision of uh, from Vibe, I have to agree with Jeffrey that I don't think that Killer Frost was the bad guy in that. It's, it still remains a lot to be seen, but I'm hoping that there's a twist on it, which the Flash is uh, famous for doing. Yeah, I wonder what. Yeah, and it, it's possible that is the case, or maybe you know we're reading too much into it because they have you know misled us so many times that we don't accept things on face value anymore. Uh, Brittany, what did you think? Um, I have to agree with everybody. I really like this parallel, and it's only because. Wally is seeing it's it's weird because Wally's seeing um a good speedster and a bad speedster. But if you think about it, he has Jesse Quick now, and we have the Flash, and then we have um the real Jay Garrick. You know, we have the Flash that on almost every Earth or every um iteration we've had, he's they've been good. They've been using their powers for good. So to Wally, it's like man if i can if i can have this i want it it's gonna be amazing and caitlin on the other hand knows well she doesn't know but she's seen what she could become and i think what scares her aside from becoming that is what triggers her to get there and her powers too they're not like the flash it's it's icy hands and like what what good of a power is that like even like it doesn't it like to me it's kind of like a rogue from um from Mar- uh, from Marvel, from X Men, how her powers too are not—they're not really a blessing. They're kind of a curse, and I think that's why I think Caitlyn's just she's so she's freaking out here, and I and I don't blame her because I don't know if I would want ice powers, um, but I'm interested to see what is going to trigger her to become Killer Frost, or is she going to be? I, I wouldn't even know what the opposite of the name Killer Frost would be for, like, what, Happy Frost? I mean, I don't know. But concerning Vibe... Lady though, Frost. 
Lady Frost. I mean, yeah, that could be. Yeah, Frozen. I, I, I'm just kidding. Elsa. Queen I don't Elsa. Know. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. Uh, but Let it go. Uh, Oh my god. But talking really? about the vibe though, if there's anything I've learned in almost all TV shows that have to do with seeing the future, predicting the future, visions, almost always it's gonna come true no matter what you do to try and change it. Because usually when you see it anyway, you think you're changing it, but you're actually doing what the vision wants you to do. I know, we That's all learned that on That's So Raven. Yes, we learned that that's a raven, once upon a time, um, I saw it on Merlin, like, it's just a thing. They always see something and they try to change it, but it ends up happening anyway. So, but like everyone was saying here, we don't know what the context of that vision is. All we know is that they're both, like, at their full, almost at their full potential, you know, vibes in his gear. Uh, Killer Frost is wearing her outfit and they are sparring, maybe, maybe they're training? In the forest. They're fighting for real. Yeah, they could be. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we don't. More we don't know. Yeah. So I mean, it it's hard to say. Uh, but I'm excited to see when we get there. Honestly, I don't really care how we get there. I just want to see us get there, and um, just see what happens. And I know that uh, Cisco is that freaked him out. Um, but I do think he was in the wrong though with what he does later. Which we'll get into. So. Oh, I agree with you. No doubt. Um, I do think it's kind of interesting, like, Caitlyn's assumption that if she develops these powers, she will become evil. Yeah, Whereas, I've never understood that. convinced that if he gets powers, he will use them as a hero. Unless there is, you know, a darkness inside Caitlyn that she just never lets on about. If well, she's aware that there is something in her. Yeah, well, they kept saying, I think, what the... What the the like what why i can't even think of words right now but when her mother tells her that if she keeps using them uh it, did did she mean it's going to get worse or that her powers won't go away the more she uses them cuz i'm not really sure i took sure it that it, it would become irreversible so you know, ah, okay. keep using your powers you become a superhero wow that's that's a really tough call there mom thanks for calling <laughs> but they, they, uh, they make it seem like it's such a bad thing like even her mother too like they were freaking out when they were giving her tests so i just i don't know it's like they're adding to her fear and it makes me fearful too because we don't know what her powers are i mean the power of ice i mean i'm not thinking iceman here i'm thinking like evil ice i don't know or maybe that's just what the writers want to you know make us feel like on the bright side we could start shipping her with uh, captain cold when they bring him back that would be nice Ooh. um getting back to the episode hr becomes even more annoying uh first he comes <laughs> up with the idea or joe comes up with the idea depending on how you're following that conversation uh, of, uh locking <laughs> wally up in the pipeline which is actually not a bad idea at least keeping him safe from alchemy so he can't you know wander off and, and get into any trouble uh and then uh joe can go off on his long-awaited date night but of course hr tags along and uh totally uh blocks joe and uh cecile just finds hr so charming um but of course the whole movie thing is is just an excuse a prelude to where shade is going to attack next now when you were watching did you think it was a coincidence that alchemy chose that moment to change uh, to attack Wally, or did you, like uh, HR later, uh, think it was part of a bigger plan? Jeffrey, what did you think? I honestly think it was just coincidence. I know that in the episode they brought it up with, as you mentioned, HR was like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, because we were gone, and this, that, and the other, and, and I, I don't know if that's how alchemy works. 
I'm still confused by alchemy. Because, like, is he really a villain if he's, like, just giving people their powers back? Although he does have that weird... The, the weird um, men in robes, or men and women in robes, or people in robes, like, worshipping him. But other than that, like, is he, like, doing evil, in, in the sense? Because, like, if he's giving... The idea is, because, like, alchemy already is in Wally's brain, because of the the dreams, and then, like, as we saw with um, uh, Magenta, like, he he's having all these, uh, you know, alchemy and all this kind of stuff going on. Besides, like, he's giving Wally his powers back. Like, or at least he's wanting at this point to give Wally his powers back. And Wally wasn't a bad guy in the Flashpoint timeline. So it, it seems like he's trying to give all these people that had powers, whether they were good or bad, their powers back. The thing that was taken from you and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, at this point, I was like... I just, I don't think that there was a correlation. Like, it seems like it was because of just stuff that was going on in, in the episode. But I, I don't think there really was, to be quite honest. At least that's my opinion. I don't know if anybody else thinks that, you know, it was like a distraction so that he can get to Wally even better. But I feel like he was going to get to Wally regardless. Charles, what did you think? Um, I, I think it is connected, but I don't necessarily think that alchemy is the one behind the metahuman attacks. Now that we've been revealed to a new threat that Barry has to face, um, it kind of became clear to me that alchemy may not has may not have been the big bad that we all thought he was when he first appeared on the show. But I do think he has, he's an integral part in the challenges that Barry and the team has to go through on a daily basis. And when it comes to Wally. I think that under instruction, he did plan the attack so that he could get his hands on Wally. And Brittany, what do you think? Mm, I do think it was connected. I think that um, Alchemy, it look it looks like he's in some kind of cult. I don't know, and apparently, you know, I know we're, I'm jumping ahead, but because we, we're learning that the, the newest threat is the God of Speed, I'm assuming that he that they're worshipping this God, so that's why it looks like a cult. So, I do think that they're playing it smart. They have a plan to get all these metahumans, or to turn all these people into metahumans again, or for the first time ever. So, yeah, it was definitely planned, and... It's not the first time that Team Flash goes into a trap like that. It is, but it is very Barry. Well, I didn't mean for that to to rhyme, but it is like Barry Ooh. to go in there and I mean, you know, save the day. And they also knew where everyone was gonna be. Well, maybe not specifically that Joe was gonna be on a date and that the rest of Team Flash would get there, but that um, there's a big movie in the park and everybody's there, so. I mean, Shade just wants to go do his stuff, and I didn't the rival. Oh no, but that, but that's because in Flashpoint he was against the Flash. So, and then Magenta was just kind of random. She wasn't targeting Flash; she was targeting her evil dad or parent or whatever. So I don't know. I think we're gonna have to see because I know that Joe mentioned that they're supposed to be six or something about six people, and they've only like dealt with three. Uh, metahumans from Flashpoint or something like that. That's what I got. So, 
we'll see with the next metahumans that they uh, that Alchemy gets a hold of because he was not stopped this episode. So there's gonna be some more. And I, as for Alchemy being evil or not, um, he's definitely evil. Nobody talks oh, like that gosh. and is good. Okay. Oh, nobody gosh. talks like that. And then you're you so stereotypical. Evil. He might have you a speech have... impediment. Oh my god! And then they <laughs> had the evil choir in the background. Are you kidding me? It wasn't no evil. Way. Maybe it was religious. <laughs> Do you go to church? Because it doesn't work that way. No, oh. I would know. And I was in choir, so I know if we're being like evil or not. And that was yeah, okay. Evil. That was like, uh, you that were was in like an evil choir. Oh yeah, definitely. It was like an impending doom type of choir, like apocalyptic. Like that was scary. That's not. That wasn't like epic. It was scary, but still like amazing. If you get what oh I'm saying. Gosh. Well, I will say, very berry sounds like a very delicious ice cream <laughs> flavor. I'm just saying. Although, five minutes after eating it, you feel incredibly guilty. And you start um, crying. So, while Shade, which, you know, makes some people happy, I'm told. Uh, Shade's big weakness, of course, turns out to be light. And he's brought down by the power of, like, 100 car lights, which really makes him one of the lamest metas ever uh but while that's happening back at star labs man wally manages to get iris to let him out and that's of course classic comic book moment right you know you you persuade the vulnerable member of the team to let you out and then you you know you race off and, and face your destiny but instead we get this great scene where iris just hauls off and decks wally and knocks him out with one shot how surprised were you guys by how well that worked out once wally had found his way out of the uh the cell well she does box Brittany, i'm just saying that's Sorry. true uh, Brittany, what did you think of uh, of Iris's fearsome right? I think Wally underestimated his sister, and I think if there's something that that makes Iris shine is that she's not afraid to do what needs to be done. And I think part of this comes from also the fact that um, from last season when they had to lock up Barry, and he was begging Iris out of all of them to let him go, and she did not let him go. I think that was a sign right there that would tell you that Iris is going to do what she has to do. And she knew... I mean, she felt sad because she was seeing her brother going through, like, some kind of seizure. And then he, well, uh, props to the actor of Wally. Um, he was all, like, creepy and angry. Like, it was a different side that we have never seen before. And that's, that's when you knew he meant business and something was happening to him. I don't know why she thought of opening the door was going to make it stop. But I can see why she did it. And she was able to handle herself. I liked it. Just decked him real good. She knocked him the fuck out. Like, it was great. <laughs> Props to Iris. Jeffrey, what did you think? I completely agree. Iris was kind of complaining for like half a second about, oh, I don't have powers. And like, I, you know, I'm not a sciencey person and all this kind of stuff. But you got a mean right hook. I'm just saying. And like the way she ducked like his punch, like it was just, it was fantastic and beautiful and everything. And uh, I mean, I like this sequence a lot because it really showed us, like, what happens when alchemy is calling you. Like, we've seen glimpses in the past with the other um, metas of the week that had their powers restored from the Flashpoint uh, timeline that uh, Barry, course, corrected, but, you know, everything didn't go back to normal. Um, 
And so it was great to see it like first person with like one of our characters, one of our series regulars, and to see him struggling with it. And then like at some point, you know, you just have all these voices in your head. Well, not all these voices, but you have this voice in your head and you're seeing the scribbling all over the place. Alchemy! And uh, the flashes and, you know, the your... your the, the the stroke not the strokes the, the seizures and uh, the pain in your head like at some point like you're just going to be like you know get out of my way I need to do this like it, it's he's like beckoning you with whatever power in his um, philosopher's stone <laughs> just had to say it yeah and Charles what did you think um the the punch from Iris touched me very very soothing. You felt it. it me. I felt it all the way from my computer screen. Um, it reminded me of uh, Batman and Guy Gardner's fight in the comics. The only thing that was missing was Blue Beetle calling out one punch. It was it was beautiful. Yeah, that would have been nice if there could have been someone there. Just go, if, if Cisco or someone had been there, go one punch. Wow. One punch. <laughs> Yeah, I liked it. And, and, you know, for, you know, considering that, you know, Iris had earlier in the episode been talking about her place on the team. She doesn't have power. She's not a science person, everything like that. You know, just being an ordinary person, you know, in the right place at the right time and doing the right thing, as that turned out to be, uh, you know, can be a power in its own right. Um, so then as the team is sitting around discussing what to do about Wally, uh, you know, and the danger of developing powers and all that, Cisco rats out Caitlin to the team, like in a really obvious way. I got to say, I was surprised by that. I. I, I figured this was going to be one of those typical CW things where, you know, secrets fester and become much worse over time. But instead, Cisco basically, you know, forces Caitlin uh, to fess up to her powers. How surprised were you guys uh, when Cisco did that in front of the whole team? Brittany, I think you mentioned something about that earlier. Yeah, I um, I didn't agree with him. Like, I, I know that the secret needed to be out, but I think it should have been out on her terms because it's kind of like, you know, when you go through a breakup, but you're not telling anybody about it, you're waiting till you're okay, you know, to go and be like, hey, well, this happened, and you're like, you're okay, and she's, she's ha she hasn't come to grips with uh, what's happening to her, I think, but I also think, you know, to defend Cisco, it needed to happen, it needed to happen now. I mean, yeah, there's a crisis going on, but it needed to happen because it, to me, it seemed like Caitlyn was never going to do it. That's the way I guess they were making it seem to make Cisco in the right. But um, it just, I think the timing was just so terrible, in my opinion. I, I, I don't think any other time I would have minded if he would have said something. But um, this kind of shows that, that, that Crisco, wow, that Cisco cannot keep a secret. <laughs> I don't think I would ever tell him a secret. But I feel kind of bad because everyone was there. And Caitlyn just, she just looked so scared. And I think she was really afraid that her friends would well not turn on her but you know they wouldn't understand and it kind of shows at the end or not at the end but after the conversation when Barry goes to talk to her I feel like he never really comforts her he just kind of tells her well this is my fault and I'm sorry but that's not what you do you're supposed to go and comfort your friend and I'm like damn it Barry you have one job and that's to be there for your friends like we know you fucked up but don't talk don't don't let that be the only thing you talk about you know comfort your friend and tell her that you're going through something crazy might have been your fault but we're gonna be here for you 
And he really didn't say that, and I was kind of sad about that. I was like, come on, Barry. Come on. Charles, what did you think about Cisco's reveal and then uh, the reaction to it? I thought it was entirely justified because I think it was episode two where they all made a pact right there in the middle of the lab to not keep secrets because of how devastating the secrets can get. Because the last time there was a secret, it was about the Flashpoint universe and Bear was just trying to roll with the flow and it ended up folding in on itself. I think it was right to bring it out into the open and to the rest of the team. I might think Caitlin was upset with Cisco because she had planned on disappearing like she originally planned. I don't think she had ever thought about dealing with it. I thought she was going to run from it and show up later in the episode all evil because she tried to run in the first place. But I thought it was a very good idea to have it out in the open early and have it kind of play off of the resolution in Wally's story as well. And Jeffrey, what did you think? Charles, you're wrong. No, uh, you're you're partly right. I, I can agree with some of what you're saying. <laughs> I uh, and I want to call him Crisco now because uh, he annoyed me in this moment of the episode. I, I feel it so hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it wasn't his choice. He should have given her a chance to say it. A, it was the worst time to say it I, I completely agree with Brittany. it was just horrible timing like wait until everything calms down maybe like speak with her again and be like are you sure you don't want to tell anybody because i feel like you need to tell people and if she still says no or something then give her then then maybe subtly say it or something not so like um you know a powers <coughs> like you know a powers <coughs> like it was just it was so obvious so awkward it was not the right time i, I just i was so annoyed at cisco he, at that he, moment he should have he should have given her like a maybe like a time like, you know, okay. Yes, like, it was very it was very girl meets world and not in the good way. Yeah, like I think her opening up to to Cisco in the first place was huge cuz I didn't think any like honestly, I didn't think she was going to tell anybody at all. But in this episode she came, she she told him, she confided in him and obviously that means that she trusted him the most in that sense of um that he could vibe her and that he would keep her secret. But not forever. It's not like I was saying keep it forever. But like, you know, keep telling her like you need to tell the team. You need to tell the team. And if you don't tell the team in like a week, you know, then I'm going to say something. Like yeah. even that would have been better than just like surprise. This is it. But of course. I don't, yeah, we're dealing with a whole bunch of stuff right now. But guess what? Uh, yeah. Killer Frost is coming. Batting down yeah. the hatches. In terms of showtime, Cisco didn't even keep the secret for a day. Hours. Yeah. Um, now, what's surprising, so they have, you know, what should be, you know, pretty big falling out, you know, Cisco has betrayed her, but, you know, before the big fight, you know, with alchemy at the end, Cisco and Caitlin completely make up, and, you know, it's like their friendship is stronger than ever. Are you guys surprised by that, or do you think there's maybe more going on here than meets the eye? Brittany, again, let's start with you. Yeah, no, not a surprise, not for this show. I think, um, I... I love uh, this show is really great. I love it. I tune in all the time. I watch it with my best friend um, when he gets off of work really late. You know, I, I'm I'm nice enough to wait for him, mind you, even though he's two hours behind me. But um, you're a very nice lady. 
I am a very nice lady, and I'm gonna say it because I am a very <laughs> nice friend. But um, I love sometimes, that. sometimes when there's fights with friends, it does not end that day, let alone in an hour. Um, unless you know you were being unreasonable and you do see the error of your ways, then I can understand that maybe later on you'll be like, "Oh man, I'm sorry, dude, you were right." But Cisco really did just betray her trust, and that's not good. I know why he did it. I get it, but it wasn't the right time. And I think a better friend would have just been like freaking. She, he would have comforted her first of all, and then. They could have talked some more, and I think he, by talking to her and being there for her, he would have definitely eased her into telling the team when she was ready. So, the fact that she came and she's like, I want to apologize because of this, I was like, I don't really think you have anything to be apologizing for. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he hurt you. He betrayed your trust right there, and I think you should be at least a little bit more mad for like maybe another hour or two. Um, but the Flash, it they do end um, fights like that really quickly within the episode. So that's a little disappointing, but not uncharacteristic. And I guess for the point of plot, just do it. And I think at this point in time, after that talk, they do need everybody there. Ready for when they're going into the trap of alchemy. So for this, I guess it works. So I'm not going to nitpick too much. and I'll just get over it too. If they can get over fights, I can get over that too. <laughs> Jeffrey and Charles, what do you guys think about the uh, the quick resolution? I the uh, the conflict between Cisco and Kate. I I slightly agree with Brittany. I I was concerned by it as well because the Flash always kind of does this thing where they wrap up like small fights like really quickly um i i do feel that cisco should have been the one to apologize like he should have seeked her out and apologized to her versus her apologizing to him because she was uh, like everything was like justifiable as far as like her feelings like she should have been angry and i don't I didn't like that she was like i'm sorry that i got angry like no you you had all the right to be angry and uh but I, but like Brittany, I was glad that they got that out the way because I didn't want this fight to be the thing that pushed her over to become Killer Frost. Like I'd rather oh, things yeah, to be no, all, I don't think, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I'd yeah. rather things oh. will be, I'd rather things you know calm down, things become cool between them. See what I did there, and um, <laughs> and everything was fine, like, and then something else pushes her over the edge. No, I totally get that. And if this would have triggered Killer Frost, I would be really sad. I was like, a fight with Cisco is not supposed to, or Cisco outing you should not trigger Killer Frost. Yes, yeah, so then she runs but away I, into the forest and creates her ice palace. Oh my god, exactly. So no, I to I, I agree with that. I think uh, she didn't have to apologize. Should have been Cisco, and then like really, but like really make it up to her. Be like, I'm really sorry. I was freaking out too. Um, I'm sorry I did it. Let's go and have some Big she, Belly Burger. Yeah, and then she would say, well, you know what? Okay, I forgive you. Just don't do that again. And then they make up. That would have been a better resolution than what we got. <laughs> you know, in, in a previous scene where Barry was trying to make it all about him and his guilt, as Barry inevitably does, you know, telling Caitlin it's his fault for changing the timeline, that she has the powers and everything like that, there was just the tiniest bit of an angry Caitlin vibe at the end. You know, she was giving him a look as if to say, yeah, 
this is all your fault. Ooh. So, like, now... Uh, and again, like, we're, we know she's going to become Killer Frost is the title of the next episode. We don't know that she's going to necessarily be evil, but if she did become evil Killer Frost, wouldn't going to Cisco and saying, hey, it's great, we're friends again, wouldn't that be the smart play if she had gone evil? I'm just putting my conspiracy hat on for a second. Charles, what do you think about uh, the resolution between them? Um, I agree with you in a sense. I do think that Killer Frost played a factor in why she, why she apologized, but I think it's more of the line as, She's fighting that darkness that she feels creeping up her spine. And as far as them making up so quickly, Cisco and Caitlin have been through too much for this to create a big gap between their friendship. Dead boyfriends, vibrating hands through the chest. It's a lot of history between the two. And I don't think either one of them could stay mad at each other for more than just five minutes. Okay, getting uh, towards that closing scene that we've all been talking about, Wally offers himself up as a sacrificial lamb for alchemy, uh, and Joe uh, brings in the police to help with the takedown of alchemy. Uh, you know, this is not just a meta, it's the meta who is creating all of the other metas. But strangely, Julian, the metahuman specialist, was nowhere to be found. Burm, and burm, that burm. was mentioned. Yeah, suspicions, anyone? Brittany? Oh, yeah, the, he's definitely alchemy. I mean... No, honestly, I think... He's banging his girlfriend. I know, right? But she's in it, too. No, she's alchemy. <laughs> but she's in Patty's it, too. Alchemy. Stop. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she talks like this. No, no actually, there is... A, Patty's voice deepened. Part. Oh, my God. There's a part in that entire scene that um, where Wally uh, gets caught by one of the guys there in a the hood, and he fights him off. I thought that was going to reveal to be Julian, actually. Because they've spent a lot of time with Wally fighting that guy off. So I was like, oh, is that going to be him? Uh, why aren't you pulling off the mask? What's going on? But no, we didn't get that. So that was uh, a little disappointing. But they're def the writers are definitely putting Julian as like the number one suspect. But that's... I don't want it to be where it's so obvious that it really is him or that I still don't like it that they're trying to make it obvious it is him, but it really isn't. But I still want to know what the hell Julian's doing because he seems to be really dedicated to working. And I mean, that was one of his complaints against Barry that Barry gets away with shit. And he's there working all day. And he's like, well, why does Barry get this? And he even went to go report him. So when they're calling him and asking him for help to do his job, and he's not picking up, that's really huge. I mean, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do with that. But I'm excited. I want to know why they hired Draco Malfoy's <laughs> actor. I mean, they got to have big plans for him. So whatever they give me, I hope it's, uh, I hope it's really good. Jeffrey, what do you think? With so many signs pointing to Julian and so many uh, suspicions directed towards him, do you think it's it's obvious that it can't possibly be him under the uh, uh, the crazy clockwork mask? Yeah, I feel like we have this discussion every episode, and I feel like I say the same thing, so I'm just gonna keep up with my track record. Like you don't like like Brittany said, you don't hire the actor that was in this mega franchise if you aren't gonna give him something to do besides being. Uh, Barry's dickish co-worker but I, I feel like they just keep on 
pointing at him it's like look at me it's him you know look at him right now it's him he's dr alchemy he is dr alchemy and all that kind of stuff but i really don't want him to be dr alchemy because they keep on pointing that it's freaking him i mean he was the obvious choice from like episode one without even making him obvious like so i, I hope that they're saving him for something else completely different you know maybe because of his hate of metas uh you know he ends up becoming a meta and, and uh maybe that's what turns him into a villain like i i just i don't know and if they make him dr alchemy maybe the twist is because he was so obvious that he's dr alchemy that as i mentioned earlier like maybe dr alchemy isn't the villain like maybe he's trying to do some good out there and bringing all these powers back to the people maybe he craves power and uh because we don't know if he's pow. Well, I guess he has to be powered if he sort of appeared in the jail cell. And so, okay, so scratch that—that that he's not powered. Um, maybe he just wants to spread the wealth. I don't know. Like maybe they'll do some sort of last-minute twist where Alchemy isn't the bad guy and he really is a hero. I don't know. I just—I feel like it's just so obvious. Not that um, Zoom wasn't obvious because i mean the name and everything and you know when that was revealed last season and uh, we were like oh really um and and that kind of thing i don't know it just good grief he's freaking dr alchemy and we all know it but it, it's just so stupid how they're handling it because it, it's just really so obvious i hope he's not i really am hoping he, he's not but they keep on pointing <laughs> at him and this is the kind of show that to be quite honest doesn't do like reveals that well so i feel like they're gonna make him but i really don't want him to be charles what do you think plot twist julian is impulse from the future that's an interesting idea I would love for it to be something other than the obvious. Like, what I would really like is, you know... Julian is Patty. For, uh, I would love for Wally to step forward and not be Kid Flash. I would like him to be, you know, give him powers. Make him something completely different. Just, you know, you know, mess well, with our expectations. Considering the end of the episode, that might happen. No, I want him to be Kid Flash. Sorry. And they already spent all the money on the costumes, so... I know, right? It's a good costume. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, to get to, uh, the, the scene that we've all been talking about from the beginning, uh, Wally lures Alchemy into the trap where Joe and the police help Barry take him down, but rather than do the sensible thing, which is immediately unmask Alchemy, Barry lets Alchemy do a little monologue so the real big bad can appear. A speedster so fast, only Barry can glimpse it. Then Wally makes a mistake when you see a glowing rock that's speaking in your mind, never, never, never touch it. But he does. He gets wrapped in a cocoon, and the new bad guy slows down enough to introduce himself as Savitar, the god of speed. Thoughts? Yay. Well, I'll say I behaved to Professor X, and I did not talk about the ending, unlike my co-hosts. So I'm just saying. Not but uh, <laughs> I, I really liked this ending it was so fast-paced you really had to pay attention to make sure you completely understood 
everything that was going on from you know the showdown with uh, the hooded figures of, of the cult to uh, alchemy being on his knees and he's like hey, this isn't over and all this kind of stuff you have no idea what you unleashed and whatever the hell he was saying to all of a sudden a white streak appearing uh, and uh, and then he freed uh, or it freed all of uh, the the cult followers and everything, and then you know us seeing that only Barry can see it, and then seeing Skinny Megatron, you know, pinning Barry up to the roof. I mean, it was fantastic. That was phenomenal CGI. He really did look like a skinny version of Megatron, but that was good. I liked it because I don't think he should look humanish if he is the god of anything. And uh, I, I don't know what he wants. Uh, I read a lot of comments on the internet. A lot of people are like, oh, another speedster, another speedster. I wish they could have taken a break from speedsters. But I don't really feel like he's a speedster if he's the god of uh, speed. Like, he's like, you know, the most powerful of, of them all. So it's not like you're dealing with Zoom or Reverse Flash or something like that. So I don't know. I was here for it. I thought it was a great um, action-packed final scene. And of course, Wally was going to touch the Philosopher's Stone. Mm -hmm. And then he turned into a cocoon. Um, like a pillar, which was weird. Um, yeah. So... Like, what are they going to do? Like, I guess they're going to have to set up, like, a vigil <laughs> or something in the, the abandoned subway? Because they got to protect him, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess alchemy, you're going to need to find a new lair uh, ASAP. Charles, what did you think about that closing scene? I thought it was beautiful. It really reminded me of the ending sequence uh, a couple weeks ago with Arrow when uh, Prometheus killed Tobias Church uh, with the directing and how well it was portrayed on on the uh, screen. Um, with the uh, reveal of uh, Godspeed, I was very impressed with the CGI and I was more impressed with the fact that at first, Barry was having trouble keeping up with his movements. I thought that the use of a white flash across the screen was uh, very build-up-y when it made him seem almost more than Barry could handle. And I think when they end up fighting Godspeed, he will be more than they can handle. And it's going to take a joint effort for more than just the current members of Team Flash. Ooh. And Brittany, you've been, uh, we've been unable to stop you from talking about this uh, final scene all episode. So uh, what did you think of it? I just thought it was great. I mean, I, I said earlier that the so far the Flash has a knack for having every sixth episode of the season have the big reveal and it has to be epic so I, I i mean the zoom one was great i thought it was amazing because he was just flashing haha the flash all over the town and like all he was flashing the flash he was flashing the flash <laughs> kinky uh, he like broke his back, his legs, and everything, and just dangled him in front of everybody. Like, look at your savior. He's he's like dying right here. I can do whatever I want. You know, fear me. And that was amazing. I was like, damn. Like they, I wanted to know why Zoom was so scary, and they showed it in that final scene of that episode. And then here, 
I had no idea who the main bad was gonna be. All we just heard was of alchemy. So honestly, without spoilers, without anything, I had no idea what we were getting. But the music, as soon as it started, and you had the choir and then a cult, you know, with me being a Catholic, I mean, I was already freaking out. I was like, oh my god, it's El Diablo, he's here. What's going on? Oh happen? my gosh. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I can't wait to watch this episode with my mom, honestly. She's probably going to freak out and have her rosary with her, but it just... It's it the just, apocalypse. It just built the atmosphere of creepy. Like, not, not, not like, epic, just creepy. Like, you weren't sure. Are they summoning something? Like, what, what the hell is going on here? A blood sacrifice? I don't know. But... It gets Virgin to- sacrifice. <laughs> it gets to the point where when we do get the flashes of light, um, we don't know what the hell's going on. Well, well, we understand that it's another speedster, but what's amazing in the scene is that Barry cannot see him. And the only way at first is the way he's keeping track of him is by the people he's killing around him. I thought that was amazing because Barry could not see him. He was looking everywhere. And then finally, when the people were dying, you know, one by one, he was like, oh, shit. Okay, this is where he is. And then um, they reveal him and also that he's so fast that the human eye cannot see him. Only Barry can. And that was frightening. That yeah. was And then scary. he gave Barry the finger. Yeah. And then we got um, the, a Decepticon. Uh, reveal and I was just yes. like damn I didn't know what to expect honestly and I think uh, having it having the god of speed be a CGI is actually a really great move I think it's scary it's it's unpredictable and his voice too was just freaking creepy it was really good I want to be scared in Flash yes, yes Flash is campy and fun but this legit scared me and I'm pretty sure it's the cult part, but I just loved it. It was just great. This is like one of those episodes that I can rewatch and not get bored of. And it was nice that by basically using alchemy as, you know, you're assuming that alchemy is going to be the big bad. They basically made him a misdirect, yeah. you know. Uh, so, you know, we focused all our attention on him. And, you know, by not spoiling it, it was that much more effective, which just leads you to realize that people who give out spoilers are the lowest form of life. With that in mind, I agree. Jeffrey... I am the lowest of the low, but I'm bringing you all down into the gutter because it's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of The Flash. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. So let's start off with good news. And that good news is the ratings. The CW's The Flash on Tuesday drew... 3 million total viewers and a 1.2 demo rating up 8 and 20% from its last fresh outing to deliver its best numbers since the season premiere. So, yay, claps, finger snaps, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, That's phenomenal news. Now, over on entertainmentweekly.com in their spoiler room scoop roundup, uh, they they asked a question and and, uh, the readers submit questions and uh, the Entertainment Weekly staff responds with spoilers. Well, the majority of the, the scoop that was included in this article is now old news because they, they ask about um, 
a Savitar, the god of motion and all that kind of stuff. But the interesting scoop that's in the answer is that in the mid-season finale, we will find out who Alchemy is, according to executive producer Greg Berlanti. So that's fascinating scoop. Now the next episode is episode 307 and it is titled Killer Frost. And uh, here's the official synopsis. Uh, Killer Frost, this episode is directed by Kevin Smith. So here we go. Caitlin uses her powers to save Barry, but as her mother predicted, the effort unleashes her inner Killer Frost. Killer Frost goes on a rampage looking for Dr. Alchemy kidnapping Julian and battling both the Flash and Vibe. Meanwhile, Joe and HR have a heart-to-heart talk. Leave my woman alone. Just That's just a preview of what the heart-to-heart talk will be. Now, we also have the press releases for the entire invasion exclamation point crossover event so uh, everyone get ready because you're going to get a whole bunch of spoilery scoopage and uh, the invasion exclamation point event begins on monday november 28th with the supergirl episode titled medusa So, uh, I won't read all the Supergirl scoop, I'll just read the pertinent information. So, uh, for Supergirl's episode Medusa, the epic superhero crossover kicks off when Barry Allen and Cisco Ramon seek Kara's help with an alien invasion on their Earth. So then the following night, on November 29th, is, I guess, the official start of Invasion! Exclamation point, because all the episodes are now called Invasion! Exclamation point. And this is the press release for The Flash. And it appears as if things rewind on The Flash. So we get to see sort of like what happens before they go to seek Supergirl's help. So here's the press release. When aliens called the Dominators attack Central City... Barry speeds over to Star City to ask the Green Arrow for help in stopping them. Realizing the battle against the Dominators is bigger than they thought, they track down the Legends of Tomorrow, and Barry and Sisko create a breach to bring back a secret weapon, Supergirl. Once all the Super Friends are assembled, they come up with a plan to attack, but a shocking secret related to Flashpoint is revealed, and suddenly no one is sure who they can trust. Meanwhile, Wally wants to join the battle against the aliens, but Iris tells him he's not ready. So the following night, on November 30th, is the Arrow episode titled Invasion! Exclamation point. And this is also the 100th episode of Arrow. And so here's a press release for that. Oliver wakes up to a life where he never got on the Queen's Gambit. Robert and Moira Queen are alive and well. Laurel 
is his loving fiance and their wedding is imminent. Everything seems perfect, but Oliver starts to notice small imperfections that make him question this new reality. Meanwhile, Felicity and the recruits take on a new threat with the help from the Flash and Supergirl. Interesting. And then all this culminates in the grand finale on DC's Legends of Tomorrow on Thursday, December 1st, in their episode, also titled Invasion! Exclamation point. After learning the Dominator's plan for the world, the Legends must work together with the Flash, Supergirl, and Green Arrow to kill them once and for all. Meanwhile, Stein figures out, with the help of others, how the team can terminate the Dominators, but is distracted by the aberration he realizes he created in 1987. So there's that. So I feel like I should get at least some sort of comments from from all of you. So what do we think of this? What do we think is this new threat? Why do we think Oliver Queen on Arrow is fantasizing about a world that uh, doesn't exist? Uh, besides it being, the I guess, the excuse is it's the 100th episode, which that sort of storyline doesn't really mesh with everything that we're seeing with invasions, unless the Dominators do something to him. What do we think is happening? Are we excited? It oh, I'm excited. Like be fun. Yep, yeah, I don't want to think about it too much, though, because there's, you know, the little things in there that spoil stuff that's going to happen. So, right, like, right. you know, what you were saying about what's going to happen, you know, with, uh, with Wally tells us what's going to happen basically in the next episode of Flash, and the same with Supergirl. So uh, just because I want, uh, you know, Invasion to unroll organically, I'm, I'm trying to not pay too much attention to spoilers. Okay, so let's not even and think about evil, it. the evil jerks who insist on spoilers. I know, right? But we're, we're, we're all the excited. The worst kind of scum. And it's going to be amazing. I, I think this is going to be really epic. A four-way crossover. This is history, guys. It's going to be fun. History in the making. So we also have an interview via entertainmentweekly.com, EW.com, with Wally West himself, Wallace West, uh, Keenan Lonsdale. And uh, there were a couple of questions that were really interesting that they asked him. So uh, here we go. So here's the question. Will Wally play any role in the crossover and here's what keenan had to say wally is definitely present but we'll have to find out whether he's involved in all the other worlds the crossover is going to be insane and awesome it's the biggest one that they've had yet they also ask about the mid-season finale is there anything you can tease about the mid-season finale he goes on to say, the mid-season finale is going to be really awesome. The fans are going to love it. It'll be a really great and exciting way to pause the season and leave you guessing what's going to happen next. It was really fun to shoot. It was awesome for me because I joined around the mid-season finale last season, so it was a really cool moment for me to be like, wow, I've been here pretty much a year, and it's still so much fun. And the final question that I thought was interesting is, we'll find out who Dr. Alchemy is in the mid-season finale. How surprised were you by the reveal? And he goes on to say, it's all pretty surprising. There are certain things that we get to find out early on, and other things they leave for the last second for us. It was another surprise. People will be excited about it. I was. So I don't know what that means, but it sounds exciting. 
and uh, I look forward to the mid-season finale. And those are all the spoilery scoops that I have for you. Uh, uh, Professor X, back to you. And while we may decry you for uh, for spoiling things, at least you've got some good news uh, on the ratings front. And it seems like, uh, you know, the other shows are doing better, too. So it may just have been, you know, election effect that so many people were watching the election that fewer people were watching the shows. But we shall see if that continues. I agree. Hopefully it's um, a good sign for things to come. And I have a feeling that certainly the crossover event will be a rating success. I can't see them having series lows during the crossover event for either of the shows. It'll be interesting to see which show gets the most viewers, which part of the crossover. That'll be that'll be interesting to see. Well, yeah, like would some people tune in for just one part or, you know, theoretically, you know, you have to assume that the hope is that you'll get the larger uh, audiences for uh, Supergirl and Flash sticking through to Arrow and uh, uh, and Legends as well, but only time will exactly. tell whether that works. Yeah, because Legends is out of the four the one that gets the lowest numbers. So and Legends is the final part. I wonder if people will stick around until Legends to see that. So I guess only time will tell, and uh, I'm looking forward to Although, it. Although speaking of news, spoilers, and scoops, there's also the fact that uh, Flash is going to have a new neighbor on Tuesday nights. Yes. So Legends, uh, next, uh, not next season, but uh, in the new year, we'll be moving to the 9 o'clock slot right after Flash. So if it can retain some of that you know, Flash lead-in, uh, that could be really good news for Legends as well. I agree. I wonder if that's going to give some more crossover opportunities. Well, wouldn't that be great if it did? Like, if you've got the show coming on right after you, the, the possibility to do just, like, basically a two-hour episode. Uh, you know, uh, depending on how far locked they are, I think they're, you know, they've got scripts locked up to about, uh, episode 11 or so in Legends, but they did just add those four episodes, so it might be possible. Yeah, I hope they figure something out, because that would be really interesting, like, almost like a two-hour movie, where, you know, they leave off, you know, to be continued, but it picks right up, uh, 30 seconds later, that would be kind of awesome. Well, it'd be great, too, because, like, with, with, like, the Invasion crossover, I would love to, like, save all four episodes and just watch them back-to-back. But I really can't because, you know, you have to watch it the night that it airs or things will be spoiled for you. And again, spoilers are the I agree. of life. Um, but uh, if you could do that, like, back-to-back like that, that would be, like, really cool. And we do know, you know, those of us who watch Legends, which is, you know, a small subset of the Flash fans, uh, that Barry is playing some mysterious role behind the scenes in Legends this season. So maybe they'll play on that. Dum, dum, oh, dum. But join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Chronicle. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, thecentralcitychronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe dot com slash poppy chula radio are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy 
Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night. Good night, Central City. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Central City Chronicle every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. New episodes stream via poppychuloradio.com every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Good night.